If you go on a daily walk outside, focus on nasal breathing, so mouth is closed at all times, and ideally no technology, right? No technology, no distraction. And you'll just see just from that what type of energy you can develop just from giving your body the gift of being once again more in alignment with the rhythms of just nature, the sun and the moon and being outdoors. Welcome to the Path Podcast. I'm Mike Salemi. I believe that uncharted trails make the best life stories. So take a deep breath, put one foot in front of the other, and trust the ground under your feet. Join me in discussions on health, performance, business, leadership, and spiritual self-mastery because these topics are windows into how well each of us have learned to trust our own path. Let's go. Hey, buddy, you going to record with me today? Uh, We got Luca man in the house who just learned how to say hi and wave. He's got now six words. He's got dada, mama, uh uh-oh, yum, wow, his most common one. And now (laughs) I've never recorded a podcast with Luca here. This is... You know, it's been so cool. He just turned one year old just the other day, and I'm just so blown away at how fast time goes. I mean, you always hear that, but time really goes by fast, and it's also been incredibly full, and I'm pumped that he's here. You know, just looking at him right now, I can just see his development, which is, I mean, he's changing so much every single day. He's not quite walking yet, but he's close. And one of the things for today's show, I wanted to focus on something slightly different. I wanted to focus on, uh, I recently sent out this poll on Instagram asking what is the greatest frustration when it comes to working out? And it was really interesting because everything that people had shared are things that I've heard multiple times over the years as a coach. I've experienced, Lauren experiences. And so we're going to take three of the most common ones for today's episode and we're going to unpack them. And if this goes well and you get value, we'll do more of these. And so the three things that bring most people frustration are in these three areas. Number one, lacking the energy to get started or to maintain a workout program. Number two, not having enough time or the mindset that there isn't enough time to work out. And then number three is I don't know what to do when I work out. So more of a programming question. And so we're going to dive into each one of these. I'm going to unpack it. We're going to give specific recommendations for you depending where you're at. And at some point in life, I imagine that any one of these three will relate to you or you'll experience it. So let's get into the show and let's start breaking these down. If you're frustrated around not having the energy on board or enough energy to even simply get started, there's a few things that you can look at. Well, one, one of the first questions that I would ask is, is this something more acute or is this something more chronic? Like for example, right now, we just had Lucas' first birthday, as I mentioned, and you know, he unfortunately just got sick. I don't think it was related. It was about a week or so after, but he's been sick for two days. And so Lauren and I really haven't been sleeping much. I mean, we, we really haven't slept much since he was born. But this is also very uncharacteristic. I mean, waking up every single hour, two nights in a row, it's been rough. And so my workouts in these last two days do not look like they normally do. And also my energy levels haven't looked like they normally do. And so this is more of an acute issue, something that there's something going on in this moment that is not necessarily brief, but specific to some incidents that I can pinpoint. 
So maybe for you, whether it's a child issue, like I'm speaking of now, or maybe you're on some crazy deadline, maybe you're an accountant and, or, you know, an accountant and it's that crazy time of year, or you have some other work deadline or school deadline. There's some specific thing that you can pinpoint that is detracting from your sleep, increasing your stress level and just wearing down your body. Now that's very different or at least needs to be noted the difference between an acute bout of just low energy, which is going to be normal, and then just chronic fatigue. Meaning every single day, as an example, you wake up and you are just ready to throw that alarm clock out the window. You want to freaking hit the snooze button and or break that puppy. Or you need need, that's the key word, need some type of stimulus like caffeine to simply get up and get your day started. You rely on it. There's a difference between wanting it and craving it and appreciating the ritual. And then without that cup of coffee, literally you're brain dead and you can't think straight and you can't get going on your day. Uh, I'll also say for the gentleman out there, one other key indicator is very simple is if you're waking up with a morning soldier, if you're waking up with a morning erection, that could be a very good sign that you are ready to go in the morning and you've got that life force and that vitality on board. And if not, I would definitely look deeper, but oftentimes it's more of a chronic issue, at least through my experience. So looking at, is this an acute issue of low energy or is this something that's been going on for weeks and months or even years at a time? And then what I would say is, you know, if you want to look deeper and it's very simple, but it's, it's it works really well. And I've used it for years in different capacities is Paul check has a book called how to eat, move and be healthy. If you're a listener to this podcast, like obviously you are right now, I imagine you've either heard of me talk about Paul Cech one or multiple times and how much of an influence he's had on me. He is one of the OGs in holistic health. I mean, he's so hard to coin or so hard to put on a label because he does so many things exceptionally well. He's a shamanic healer. He's got a deep, deep, deep background in rehabilitation and nutrition and all sorts of things. I mean, he's really made his career on solving medical failures. But all that to say is he's got this book, How to Eat, Move, and Be Healthy. For me, it's the the book that I gift out most often. And also the book that as foundational as it is, every single time I've read it since the age of 17, 20 years of reading that book time and time again, every single time I read it, I learn something new. I can't even tell you how many times I've read it. I've probably read it over 50 times and I still learn stuff. But in the beginning of that book, there's something called a physiological load assessment. And so our physiology is how our body functions. Load, you can imagine the weight, the stress, the pressure. Uh, And then assessment is assessment. And so essentially, this is looking at multiple different aspects of our health and well-being. So it's looking at sleep. It's looking at nutrition, the food that we eat, the quality, the timing. It's looking at our detoxification. It's looking at our hydration, our movement, all of these factors that influence our physiological load. And it's trying to make through questions, it's trying to make the subjective objective. And so we get specific numerical values and scores. And it's very comprehensive, very holistic, and it's pretty crazy at how accurate it is. And so what it turns out is it gives you basically a score in each one of those categories and then the total score. And you're either in the red zone, you're either in the yellow zone or the green zone. So if you're in the green zone, that's an indicator that 
go, go for it. Do the high intensity training, train five days a week. You can push it. You got the energy and resources on board to push it if you wanted with your workouts. And then on the flip side, we'll just go on two extremes. If you're in the red zone, then working out like with any of these things, working out in that situation, in this phase of life and where you're at energy-wise and just load on your body, which is exceeding your capacity to manage that stress. I mean, stress is not a bad thing unless it exceeds our capacity to manage it for especially long periods of time, most notably. Then you'd be most beneficial doing some type of working in movement. And so even going back to the first point I mentioned, we have to really take a look at who are we comparing ourselves to? Where are we getting this information that we need to crush it every single day? I mean, even the most elite athletes, you'd be shocked. Like a lot of them, I mean, as Paul would say, they are performing in spite of their training program, not because of it. You know, they either have high genetics or very talented. They are they have great coordination, great skill. They've had also great teachers in some regards. But oftentimes you'd be shocked that their breathing is completely dysfunctional or their diet is horrible or they don't sleep. And so it's typically only a matter of time before an injury happens and or I always wonder what could they be if they actually got some of these foundations down and learned how to balance, for example, this concept of working in versus working out. So if you're someone who has exceptionally low energy for long periods of time and you're having difficulty starting a program or even sticking on a program, I would really consider what are you choosing to do for your workouts? And maybe in this phase of life for 30 days, for example, the best remedy to give you that energy that you need is to do some type of working in, which is also covered in Paul's book, How to Eat, Move, and Be Healthy. And simply stated, working in our energy cultivating activities. You can basically turn any single movement that you would normally associate with working out, whether it be uh, a lunge, a squat, uh, even like a, a deadlift, but maybe with a, a dowel rod. So just like some type of stick in your hand or a broomstick. And if done slowly, in coordination with the breath. And ultimately, when you do enough volume or enough repetitions of the movement synchronized with the breath, nasal breathing done slow, it will activate the parasympathetic nervous system. And through repetitions, through these cyclical uh, repetitions in this way, it'll become a moving meditation. And one of the best, best working in exercises, I always say, is just simply walking outside. You know, if you can do so in nature with some trees and get your feet on the on the soil or on the grass, even better. But just simply going outside with some natural light, focusing on nasal breathing. And I'll also give you another big tip because oftentimes, you know, for me, movement is medicine, especially if we can actually have the understanding of where we are in terms of that physiological load or what's our stress level to better ascertain what type of movement should we be doing. But oftentimes our minds are in so many different places and it can actually be exhausting because we're overthinking. What, what I tend to see is we, by and large, just to summarize, we overextend ourselves. We overthink as human beings. We overbreathe, believe it or not. We overmove oftentimes or we completely undermove. And so just the process of simply slowing down, getting our rhythms more in alignment with nature, with the sun and moon cycles, with our breath, 
it will have an incredible restorative effect, especially over the course of 30 days. But one technique that you can employ if you do this is go for a daily walk. Doesn't need to be long. And I'll touch more on this when we talk about the time frustration. But if you go on a daily walk outside, focus on nasal breathing. Uh, So mouth is closed at all times and ideally no technology, right? No technology, no distraction. And you'll just see just from that, what type of energy you can develop just from giving your body the gift of being once again, more in alignment with the rhythms of, of just nature, the sun and the moon and being outdoors, but cadence breathing. So cadence breathing means you're breathing um, according to some specific tempo or rhythm. And what this is really doing is it's training what's called resonant frequency in the body. And so I'll give you a tip. Now you can typically do this for a certain number of seconds, or in the, in the lens of this daily walk, let's say, I would actually invite you to explore either seconds for sure, or just number of steps. So I'm going to give you an example. So maybe as you're walking, it's a slow walk. And for three forward steps, you're doing the inhalation breath. And then after you take those three breaths, you're doing an exhalation breath for five steps. So basically, it would be three steps in, five steps out three steps in, five steps out. Whatever cadence you want to do, I would highly recommend elongating the exhale. Typically, when it's about a 1.5 to 1 exhalation to inhalation ratio, we start seeing more of the parasympathetic nervous system beginning to turn on. And so as it relates back to the frustration, I don't have enough energy. Well, this would be the type of workout or actually, again, working in that I would do to support your energy reserves. And once again, you're going to get all the benefits of being outside, getting that pumping movement through the walking, building chi, building life force, building energy. And now you're also giving your mind something to focus on, which is simply your breath. So three in, four out, I'm sorry, three seconds in, five seconds out. You can also again, do that with the steps or maybe four steps in, six sets out, six steps out. I can't even speak right now. Uh, that would be a really helpful gauge. Maybe it's just two steps in, three steps out. Okay. So do what feels good, but just elongate the exhale and synchronize it with the steps. And what you'll find is that repetitive nature starts really training the rhythms of the body and starts harmonizing the body in that way. So that's what I would say as it relates to if you've got low energy, choose the type of exercise that would actually be supportive and restorative to where you are right now and recognize that oftentimes what I see, if you focus in the manner that I'm saying is, I mean, it depends how much in deficit you are for sure. This is a very individualized question. So it really depends how much energy deficit you are, how long it's been going on, and then what are the culprits that are really um, causing it. Like for example, if you're an insomniac, you can't sleep at night. I mean, it's going to be very hard to have the energy to get started on your workouts. So focusing on sleep, just simply the foundation principles will be incredibly supportive, which again, Paul goes, check goes into those in depth into that book. But just looking right now at the working in and working out component, walking would be a great choice as well as any of the working in exercises to choose something that would be supportive right now. Um, I also just gave a small plug for the foundation principles because if someone once again has got low energy, just getting yourself to breathe, 
So I'm going to give you a tip that I know I've shared on prior podcasts, but it honestly, it can't be overstated because it is so important. And I am continually amazed at the results that I'm getting as well as with clients, getting people to breathe through their nose in three key areas, at sleep, at rest, and then during any form of exercise, even if you're training hard. So at sleep, Taping your mouth shut at night might sound crazy, but just get some cloth-based tape that you would find in a first aid kit. Tape the the maybe like a half-inch piece of tape over the center of your mouth. So if you needed to, you could still breathe through the sides. Um, there's also specific mouth tape that you can use as well, but tape your mouth at night. And one of the ways that you know that you are not breathing in through your nose when you wake up is if you wake up with a dry mouth, you are switching to mouth breathing during the night. So I'll I'll repeat that again. If you wake up in the morning with a dry mouth, it means at some point in time, you are switching to being a mouth breather. And so utilizing mouth tape, highly recommended. And honestly, if you are a mouth breather in just a matter of a few days, it may be astounding at your recovery, your mental clarity, your energy, and just simply that could give you the energy resources that you need on board to start doing more of the training and the working out that you want to be doing. So at sleep, at rest, so anytime that you're not eating, drinking, or speaking, for example, for work or conversing with a friend, mouth is closed. And then any form of exercise, especially if it's working in, that goes without saying, but any form of exercise needs to be done at nasal breathing intensity, meaning If you're doing uh, an Orange Theory workout or a CrossFit workout, whatever it is, you need to back off the load, the speed, the tempo, increase the rest periods, whatever you got to do, modify the training so that you can stay at nasal breathing intensity. Now, I will say in the beginning, likely your gas tank or your motor, you're probably going to have a greater level of fitness than your nasal breathing capacity in the beginning. So you, again, you're going to need to slow down and it might feel like you're taking one step back, but I promise you, if you do this for, I mean, if you do this for 30 days, there will be a noticeable, noticeable change in so many aspects of your health. It's just not even funny. Like it's, it's a game changer. Um, So that's what I'll say in terms of breathing. I won't go too much into the other foundation principles, but if you were to look at your breathing in those three areas and even your hydration. I mean, they're all super important, the foundation. So thinking, breathing, moving, uh, hydration, sleep, and movement, all those are super important. But oftentimes what I find is people are just dehydrated. So they're not even drinking remotely enough water. And then if they are, the quality of the water is just crap. It's dead water. So ensure that you're drinking some form of high quality water, um, Mountain Valley, um, I forget which one we drink over here from Mount Shasta. Um, they're both in glass bottles, but they're spring water. And oftentimes I'll add some trace minerals. So a high quality sweet sea salt, and that will begin activating the water and bring it more alive. And so when you're drinking that water, just drinking, Paul would always say, and this is a great just general rule of thumb, that Ideally, you want to be drinking approximately about half your body weight in ounces of water a day. And so, for example, if I'm 180 pounds, uh, then that would be 90 ounces of water a day, bare minimum. If I'm training more, if I'm doing sauna, or if you're someone who's on pharmaceuticals or drinking a lot of dehydrating agents, so for example, caffeine and coffee, then you're going to need to exceed that. 
But in general, that's a very good rule of thumb, say for most people, and a really good thing to shoot for. So half your body weight ounces of quality water a day, focusing on the nasal breathing through the three aspects, just those two, try that for 30 days and see what happens to your energy. And then of course, I mentioned working in. So this is a big one because so many people are just lacking the energy and resources and they may want to train. You might want to train so bad and you know how good you feel when you do move, but you just can't get yourself to do it or do it consistently. And anyone will tell you, and I know that you know this already, but consistency is the name of the game. I would way rather, way rather have you do less, but better and more often than doing more infrequently and less quality. Okay, so do more, more better, more often. I can't even repeat that now, but uh, doing these things consistently. So even if it's a 10 minute walk, or think about this we breathe over 25,000 times a day. Think about that 25,000 times a day plus. And if every single time that we breathed, we equated it to a repetition in the gym. Imagine you're doing 25,000 reps. So let's say a bench press, 25,000 bench press. You'd definitely overtrain if you were doing that. But imagine if you had the ability to train with perfect technique every single time and be more and more and more and more efficient at that movement. And this, we're talking about breath. I mean, that is the most, it's the quickest thing, the quickest thing that will regulate or dysregulate your nervous system. And so it can bring immediately, within a matter of seconds, your nervous system into balance. So it can regulate your parasympathetic nervous system and your sympathetic nervous system. It can bring you more into your body. It can bring you more into a place of center, of focus, of clarity, of groundedness, of presence in just a matter of seconds, and it's free. So this, this point of energy, this frustration is really, really real. And you know, for me, being a new father, like I'm, I, I get it. I get it, which is also why understanding where you're at, what type of stress you're under, what type of phase of life you're in, and then how can you utilize your movement as medicine and recognize that you need to be working out for you and nobody else, because that is what's going to at least give you, for me, in my opinion, the best chance of long-term success. All right. So number two, Number two is time. The frustration is the mindset that there isn't enough time. Well, time, I get it. <laughs> and, and the energy component, it works hand in hand with this one. Look, I get it, but this is the simple fact. Oh, this person wrote, I'm sorry. Um, the mindset that uh, I can never find enough time. That's how it was written. And that was really telling for me because the truth is, I mean, you'll never find the time just doesn't happen. There's a million and one priorities, fires to put out, people with social media, with emails, with text messages. There's so many sensory inputs and so many inputs in our life. And we're constantly bombarded by social media ads and TV and you name it. And people who want our time and the responsibilities of life, it's going to be rare if ever that you find time. We need to create time. We need to actively make it a point to create space in our life and actually prioritize these things, prioritize movement. And then let me reiterate, the type of movement does not, does not need to be maybe what you think it should be. 
Doesn't need to be a hit workout five days a week. Doesn't need to be the orange theory five days a week. I mean, just simply by and large, two days a week, two days a week of some resistance training of some program, or even just simply walking every single day for 30 to 40 minutes could be simply enough, especially if you're at a point in life when you've got a lot going on. Okay. Like maybe you just don't have, uh, you've got multiple kids or a high stress job that makes you work late. You know, those are also, you know, things to really consider, but I do believe anybody, anybody can create the time and the space. Trust me. Like I know it might sound crazy, but everybody can take 20 to 30 minutes, wake up 20 to 30 minutes earlier, go to sleep 20 to 30 minutes later, take a portion of when you eat one of the meals, maybe you fast one of the meals and you actually just get some easy walk going in and you just strategize that. Maybe you fast for dinner, for example, or you eat an earlier dinner, but think about really oftentimes what I see is this is more, it's less of an issue maybe of time and more of an issue of time management. And also just really being honest with yourself on where could you get, give yourself back five minutes? Because even if you just did five minutes of breathing squats, exhaling as you go down, inhaling as you come up, maybe it's three seconds on the lowering phase. I'm sorry, maybe it's three seconds on the raising phase, which is inhale. And then the exhale is five seconds lowering down. That would be that 1.5 to 1 ratio we discussed earlier. Maybe you do that for five minutes. Everybody's got five minutes. Come on, like we can totally do this. And in fact, I imagine that you could give yourself and create five minutes four times a day, right when you wake up, right when you go to sleep, and then two other times during the day. But it's actually about how we manage our time that is even more relevant to this topic of finding time, the mindset that I'll never find the time. Well, you won't. You will not until you create it and actually either put it on your calendar or communicate it to the people that you love. Like I would bet, I would be willing to bet that if you have an intimate partner and you let that person know like, hey, like I'm really trying to do this. Well, one, see if they would do it with you or two, just, you know, let them know, ask for their support. Like, hey, um, you know, normally I want to hit on the snooze button, but don't let me do that. Like, just tell me, go for it. Like, give me that little push. Give me that encouragement. And I will say like, part of me is, is very much of the b- belief that the only true accountability is self-accountability. However, it does really help when you've got people on your dream team. I did a whole podcast on the dream team and looking at those people in your life that are expanders versus detractors, for example, people that really add, people that that got your back. And so everybody can do this. It just, we just need to shift our, our mentality around workouts needing to be three, four, five days a week, or they have to crush us. Again, I would way rather have you do less, but better, more consistently than the alternative to that. So keep it simple, keep it fucking stupid, simple, and just get it in. Because that is what's going to actually pay dividends on your health is if you're consistent with it. And then once again, you're going to be learning these time management skills. And I'm guilty of it too. Like, I mean, I'll be the first to say for a long time, especially it's interesting too, that the quote unquote less time that I have, 
being a new father, I've actually been more consistent than I probably have in a long time with my training. But when before I was a father, um, I prioritized work even more. Not that I don't right now, but I am so much more essential about what I do. And I recognize, I recognize that my dream to be a fun dad and to have the energy to play with Luca is directly dependent on how much I care for myself. And again, it doesn't need to look like what it did uh, five, 10 years ago when I was competing. Like in this phase of life, it's different, but I do need to put that time into myself. Otherwise, I'm just going to be flat with how I show up for him. And again, it doesn't take much, but if you know how to match the movement as medicine with where you're at and what type of stress you're under and stuff like that, man, it, it, it's minimum effective dose, minimum effective dose. What do you need? Maybe it's just a warm up. Again, none of this stuff takes a lot of time, but it does take some discipline and it does take consistency. So that's what I would say is if you don't, you can't find the time, you'll never find the time. Create it, create the space for yourself and recognize that whatever you put in, you will get multiple times back in your energy, in your happiness, and all the things that you love to do in life. The last thing that I'll go into is a more of a programming one, not knowing what to do. So one of the frustrations, one of the common frustrations is, well, I get to the gym and I don't really know what to do. What do I do? I just look around and I'm following something on Instagram. Well, what I would say again is reemphasize the point. Keep it simple. Keep it simple. And this is also why in the programs that I've created, um, ex- so Athleticism for Life, which is the Bulgarian bag program that just came out, Kettlebell Lifestyle, both of those are workout programs. My Mastering the Kettlebell program is more of like a, an incredibly comprehensive trainer's education resource, I would say, or like insane fitness enthusiasts. There's 400 videos, so I went nuts on that, but that's another topic. But in terms of the workout programs, one of the things that I realized is, you know, most people who are working out at home, um, they just want to turn off, like not turn off, but they just want to uh, be on autopilot. They want to be told what to do. And in some capacities, I'm the same or I have been the same at certain points, especially if I'm under high levels of stress. Like I don't want to think about, you know, what I got to do today in terms of training, which is also why, you know, many trainers, not all of them, but a lot of trainers have other people write their workouts for them. They do it so much in their day to day. They're just burnt out off of it. They just want to give themselves a break and have someone else write their workouts. So I get it again, which is why those two programs, Kettlebell Lifestyle and Athleticism for Life, they have follow along workouts. So you just tune in and just go. I've got the reps, the sets, the time durations. I'm your coach in it. So what I would say is if you don't know what to do, first, what type of working out do you enjoy doing? You know, Paul Check. Um, I know I'm referencing him a lot here, but he's also been one, or and he's been one of the the greatest influences on me in 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 life, and especially in how I view training. Um, he would always say the best exercise is the one that you're willing to do consistently. Going back to that consistency aspect. So, in this phase of life, do you feel you would get more enjoyment and actually stick with it if you joined a yoga class? Or do you have an excitement and interest in kettlebells? Are you looking for the community and the type of training that CrossFit does? What would really light you up? 
Oftentimes, if there's a community aspect, even better. But what would you be willing to do consistently and being honest with yourself? Like if you think, oh, I'm just going to, I don't know, get on the bike every day. Like, are you really going to get on the bike every day? Like, is that true? Maybe. I don't know. But what would you really enjoy doing? Get clear on that first. And then if you don't know what to do, see who's out there. Do some searching online. Spend 30 minutes. 30 minutes, not much, maybe much less. And look for high-level people that are already doing it and have programs out there and follow what they do, especially if there's a follow-along component. However, if you do have some additional, like, I don't want to say intrinsic motivation, but if you're someone who can train on their own, you just need a little bit of guidance, then follow a program maybe that doesn't have a follow-along component, but at least structures out your training for, I would say, at least a month you know, one to three months. So that way, every time you go back, you're not having, or at least has a library of workouts so that you're not going back to either the same workout time and time again, where maybe you would get bored because that's another common frustration that we'll talk about another time. But you want to have enough training so that you can stick with it uh, consistently. So I'd say at least a month of programming that you can recycle and whether it's you go up and load or there's many ways to progress. Load, tempo, reducing the rest periods, increasing the repetitions, changing the range of motion. There's so many different ways to just simply changing, we call them the acute exercise variables. So rest, reps, load, uh, which is also somewhat known as intensity. Um, It's kind of different, but load, tempo, uh, I think I said rest period, but there's typically like five or so different acute exercise variables that even if you did the same program, same movements, for example, and, and the exercise, that was the other thing. If you did the same exercises, but just manipulated or changed one, just one of those variables, it would honestly be a completely different workout, completely different workout. If you emphasized, if, for example, you were lifting a certain amount of weight and you gave yourself three to four times the rest period, if you increase the load as well, now you're more on a strength training program. However, if you decrease the rest period to about one-to-one work-to-rest period or even rest period that's even less than the work, so for example, if you did a 30-second long set at whatever exercise or weight you're doing, and you rested for 30 seconds, 20 seconds, 10 seconds, five seconds, or did no rest at all, then you're talking more muscular endurance type training. So I'm bringing that up because even if you looked at the same program, maybe you really like the way this program or whatever program you're on is structured. You like the movements, you like the training tool, uh, but you're a little bit bored, then just change one of those variables. But once again, find a style of training that you enjoy, that lights you up, find someone that you respect, that you can follow, and then follow it and as needed, either reach out to them for advice uh, or just change one of those variables. And I promise you, it'll be a completely different training effect. That's what's so, for me, that's why one of the reasons why I've enjoyed uh, movement so much is, I mean, it's really endless. Like I'm constantly, constantly learning Um, and I've been in this game for, I mean, it's the, I've been, you know, doing this since I was competing in powerlifting since 14 and the gymnast before that. So I've been focused on movement to the best of my ability for a long time. And I am honestly, and I say this very honestly and humbly, I am blown away at how much I'm learning year to year to year. I mean, it's, it was only just a few years ago. 
um, I think three-ish years ago, I'm not quite sure, that I started studying the work of Patrick McEwen. I actually just realized I'm wearing his shirt right now, The Oxygen Advantage. And that whole breathing component, I mean, I'd focused on breathing for multiple different aspects in the past. But what I've learned through that system has completely blown me away, completely blown me. It's taken my training to a whole new level, my clients to a whole new level, and is now a major component in the new program I create, Athleticism for Life. There's breathwork modules in there. Uh, the whole program is ideally done nasal breathing, and I educate on that. And again, that was just a few years ago that I had learned that. So there's so much. So if you don't know what to do... Um, do whatever you'll do consistently and seek someone else out. So that way you can just go on autopilot. So these have been just some of the most common frustrations that I've experienced. I know people outside are experiencing as well, because this is was, uh, if you missed the beginning of the show, uh, this is uh, an Instagram survey that I sent out in terms of what has been the three biggest frustrations that you associate with working out. And hands down, they were the energy, to get started or the momentum to keep it going. I can't find the time. And then the third thing was, I really don't know what to do or how to program. So this has been a super fun Q&A podcast. If you enjoyed this specific one, please share it. Let me know um, because we can certainly do more of these. Uh, I, I love these questions and um, I'm excited to keep this rolling. So I hope this was supportive today. I wish you all the best. Lots of love to you, to your family, and um, all the best. Have a great one. Ciao. Thanks for listening. Be sure to follow the podcast on Apple and leave a review. It means a lot. We all have a path, and I'd love to hear how this podcast has inspired you in some way to live yours.